Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. Calvary Bible, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Um, Randy, people ask me how many times we do this, like how many takes does it take us? Uh, that's a good question. I'm glad they're asking that question. So it sounds like we kind of half know what we're doing and we don't. So the answer is how many takes? One. One take. We just do it once. Yeah. You hear all of our mess ups, our mistakes, and it's good. Um, so we do not know what we're doing for the most part, but just conversations and good questions keep coming in. So thank you for those. Keep sending them our way. And uh, yeah, it's been fun so far. Um, you ready for your curveball of the week? So if you're at, uh, if you go through like a McDonald's drive through and you get your, your value meal and there's a fry in the bottom of the bag, you're done with your meal. Will you eat that fry? Uh, no, I'm a diabetic. I will not eat that fry. Pre-diabetes. Would you eat that fry? Probably not. Really? I would. Yeah, <laughs> I would. Especially the McDonald's fries. They're good. Uh, I, I wouldn't do it now in particular with all of the, um, a lot of the, with all the hiring frustrations and everybody being um, undermanned and staffed, I would probably not. I uh, can just imagine how that fry got there and <laughs> why it's there. So, <laughs> at this current time in history, especially, I would say uh, no. If it was from Five Guys, where the bag, the bottom of the bag is just going to be filled anyway because they overfill the container. Yeah. Yes, I might even start with those. (laughs) So I trust them. I trust McDonald's. (laughs) You don't, you can't think too much when you're Uh, eating. You just got to eat and enjoy it. I think too much. Do you? You have a, okay. Well, now I do. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway. All right. Good deal. Now you know that Randy will not eat the fry. I will. Don't save it for me, though. Mm. I won't eat it if you bring it to me. You wouldn't reheat it. No, no, clearly not. No, absolutely not. All right, here we go. Um, so second week into this series, The mm-hmm. Current Fight for the Faith, mm-hmm. um, and we're into the book of Jude now. Quick question. The plan is to cover the book of Jude. Is that right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was picking up. I didn't know if you were bouncing yeah. from text to text. In I am going to do that, though. I, I said to somebody on Sunday, this is the first time that ever uh that i've i am going to cover the 25 verses in jude okay but like for instance this coming sunday will be in first corinthians one. Oh, okay and so the idea is to go from jude into other areas to address uh some of the uh concerns that are driving this series gotcha so uh, this is the first time i've ever tried this so we'll okay. see how it goes so we're covering the book of jude mm-hmm. but we're bouncing mm-hmm. heading out coming back yep. gotcha all right sounds good um, so we had a, a question in response to last week's episode mm. about God drawing people. Yeah. And so, um, just want to follow up on that before we get into the Jude text here. So the yeah. question essentially was, should I even bother sharing the gospel or befriending, witnessing to someone who's not in the faith if God's not going to draw them? Maybe you get a sense that, well, they're, they've, turned a deaf ear to me and so I'm just going to give up. Should, should you even continue to bother? Uh, the answer is yes and I appreciate the, uh, the angle of that for Beyond Sunday because mm-hmm. this yeah. is really what we want. We want to be able to say okay 
Uh, the series is helping us with some of our conversations with uh, maybe friends or coworkers. And so a couple of things that are insightful about that question. Um, one is we, we just don't know. We don't know if God is drawing a person. Uh, first of all, we can't tell um, if he's drawing them or not until they respond somehow to our initial conversation. So let's say a person rejects it outright. Yeah. All right. You could, you, you could say, although I would warn against this, you could say, well, that's it, that God is not drawing that person. But, um, but, but we just don't know the process. We don't know how long it takes. We don't mm -hmm. know if the drawing of the, of the Spirit of God, for instance, is instantaneous or is it a, a process over time. So yeah. I would say I would not give up on that person mm -hmm. that quickly. No. The other thing is uh, you can decide, too, um, if this is a neighbor of yours, uh, you're going to have a lot of opportunity to love your neighbor. Mm -hmm. And you don't know whether or not the drawing of God might all of a sudden kick in, something yeah. along those lines. If it's someone that you've, you, you've just met, you, you don't expect to see them, yeah. oh, that changes the scenario. So I think it's on a continuum, uh, uh, potentially, where you say, you know what, up, up all the way to a 10, this is a neighbor of mine or a family member of mine. So there's going to be all kinds of opportunity for other uh, conversations and mm -hmm. so on. So I would not I would not give up on them. Uh, but I am uh, I am just consciously having a conversation with people knowing that the spirit of God has to do something that I can't do with my presentation alone. Yeah. So I would say stay faithful. And, and, and honestly, uh, the reason why I use the neighbor example is because, because of all the emphasis in scripture on love God and love your neighbor. This mm -hmm. is the big commandment. So, mm -hmm. so that love your neighbor thing is something that we can continue to practice with the people that are in our, our, our sphere, our circle, uh, regularly. Yeah. And I think that was the implication of the question that it's someone who there's an ongoing relationship with. And so, um, yeah, I think I'd answer the very same. Just keep, keep going. Cause you just never know when their life circumstances might change and all of a sudden, uh, it clicks or the spirit is drawing them in a way that he wasn't before. And yeah, no, we don't, we don't know. No. And as, and I glance at this a little bit, I usually don't get to see them, but I did glance at this and uh, because the person I think copied me on the on the note, mm -hmm. uh, one of the great points that was made was, what if there's a, re a rejection of the gospel as a teenager, but then all of a sudden uh, later on in life, yep. they so what does that mean about the drawing of God? That that just means that in in the sovereignty of God and the timing of God, also working in concert somehow, even though I don't, I don't understand how it works, the will of the person as well, which we know is a part of the equation. Remember, it's both. It's not one or the other. Mm -hmm. And so uh, that was, to me, that was a great point. It's possible that later on in life, you know, because of whatever circumstance, ultimately uh, God could be drawing them then. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and part of her question too was uh, referencing First uh, Timothy 2, 4, uh, God who desires all people to be saved. So how does that yeah. How do they balance each other out? If if God desires everyone to be saved mm -hmm. and can also call people, yeah. how does that? Yeah. I mean, theologians have been dealing with that kind of thing for so long. It's and tricky. so just remember that uh, 
the, the love of God, just like any parent, the love of God wants to have all of his children in. And, um, but that he will not, uh, because we know this, we know from the end of the story and from the revelation that he's left us, that he will not make that happen for all. That's what makes us different from a universalist. Mm -hmm. A universalist will say that all humanity will be saved at the end. We say that only, uh, I mean, we read the Bible here to say only those that God chooses and draws and those who believe and receive that on their end, that's, they're the only ones. Yeah. So that text that was referenced a moment ago in Timothy, mm-hmm. uh, that, that is what God wants, but that is not, that's not what he will. That is not what he will, will to occur. <laughs> if you like, if, I mean, if you follow the, did Sally sell seashells? No, she with, did not. With God willing yeah, his will. So, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. No, the, that's not what he will, will to be done. Yeah. He wants, he wants, but he will not will it will to it be to so. Happen. Not without okay. not without uh, a number of people uh, rejecting him. Right, and so that that's a little bit of a tongue twister when you put in will yeah, and will, no, especially because of the way the just the words defined. But could we say it like this? Um, God desires, mm-hmm. but God doesn't doesn't make his desires always happen. Yeah, or if you want to keep two Ds, uh, think about his desire for all to be saved, which is clear in that verse, but his determination to only save some. Mm-hmm. Desire, determination. Yeah. And we could use other words for that. I mean, you remember, you want to read Will. election in that, predestination yeah. in that, mm-hmm. foreknowledge in that. All of those other terms go in there. And again, what we're trying to do is not pit one versus the other. What we're doing is we're saying, both are in scripture and therefore we're going to keep the tension alive. I can't understand it, but scripture addresses both. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to allow that to, to mm-hmm. remain in tension. Yeah. And we, I, I covered this with some young adults months and months mm-hmm. ago. Um, and just another good place to rest is just understanding that I can't understand everything. And I serve and worship a God who's beyond what right. I can comprehend. Right. And there's something comforting in that and awesome about that. And so, uh, I don't know who said it. Maybe, maybe it was you. Um, but if, if we were worshiping a God that, that we could wrap our minds around, he wouldn't be worthy of our worship. Mm-hmm. Um, be, so, be, you know, something we fabricated. Yeah. I would say again, going back to beyond Sunday type stuff, uh, you know, our focus is let's be faithful in, uh, in loving our neighbor, mm-hmm. uh, which is the big commandment. Let's do that because, uh, because of foundation of loving God, which is also that big commandment. And our faithfulness is what we, what we can do. We can, we can be faithful. I don't think we can understand how the drawing of God works, but I can, I can understand. I have a part to play in this with, with some people around me. Yeah. And I think also beyond Sunday, it, a re- way to respond to this doctrine or this teaching is that um, my all for God is greater. You know, it causes me to worship him yeah. beyond Sunday um, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not just heady. 
you know, sometimes those heady theological truths, they can just stay up there in the clouds and they don't actually change me. No, right. But this one should. It should. It changes my affections yeah. and yes. fear of God. Yes. And, and just remember throughout history, throughout church history, uh, there was always the tendency for folks who believed in um, birth sin, conception sin, and the ramifications of that. There was always the tendency to label that and say, well, there's no, there's no reason to evangelize because it's God, God is drawing them. And if he doesn't draw them and we don't know who he's drawing. So right. there was always that ne- sort of a knee jerk reaction to mm-hmm. that. But theologians always combated that and said, no, no, the Bible's clear on our responsibility. So the nice yeah. thing is we should not uh, throw up our hands and say, we don't know. Therefore, we shouldn't be a disciple maker. Uh, mm-hmm. we're actually saying the opposite. Yeah. But I appreciate the thought, especially about well, what do you do with John six forty four and the drawing of God mm-hmm. with respect to what do we do if, if, if a person doesn't look like they're being drawn, do we stay with that person? Do we continue? And I say, yes, mm-hmm. just yeah. keeping in mind what we need. We need God to open the eyes. Yep. I agree. Good. Awesome. Um, so that was good. And that's a tough, it's a tough doctrine to wrap your mind around, a tough pill to swallow, mm-hmm. especially if it's not a doctrine that you're used to hearing. Mm-hmm. So I think to spend some more time just rehashing it and processing it is can be helpful, which is good. So we yeah. spent Can I just say just remember no. anybody that's trying to anybody that's trying to deal with John six, that that kind of teaching, mm-hmm. ultimately it does boil down to uh, just start first by telling me, uh, do you believe that humanity is mostly dead or all the way dead? And we always joke around with that a little bit, but that is, it is critical. There's a huge difference theologically. If humanity is mostly dead, that means that they have some life in them and possibly can respond to God and so forth. If they're mostly dead, uh, then they need, they need God to do the miracle. So that is sort of a basic, that's a, a place to start, by the way. Just tell me what you think about humanity's condition. And then I think I could work my way or reason my way to the way in which you think a person can get saved. Mm -hmm. So something like that, just to think about. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Any more Princess Bride stuff? I I doubt it. Although it could come up. I mean, anything. I don't doubt it. Jude. Yeah. Who knows? All right. So we've used most of our normal time rehashing last week, but that's okay. Um, if we need to go a little longer today, maybe we will. We'll see. But we do have a couple of questions about this Jude text. And the first one, actually, I think you touched on, and I was thinking the same thing, but I don't know if I was totally clear on your answer. Mm-hmm. Why doesn't Jude just come out and say, I'm Jesus's brother? You know, you mentioned that. He doesn't come out and say it. James doesn't come out and say it. Um, but the general thought is, these are Jesus's half-brothers. So... Uh, you addressed it, but I don't know I if I was picking up a clear, yeah, no, what was your thought? Or I mean, what are the some only thoughts? The only thoughts that we have is why wouldn't you pull that card? If it, that just seems to be the best way to get authority over. Yeah. I, we're, we're goodness. We're, you know, the brother of Jesus. So I think what we're, I think what we're seeing is we're seeing a person who has been humbled, literally humbled by the grace of God. And so when they label themselves servant, you know, Jude, mm-hmm. a servant of Jesus Christ, that's, that's the that's the true position mm. of a, that's our true position, and here's Jude who could have said, Jude a brother of, and he says a servant of because that captures the only true relationship between a human being and mm. the Son of God, and so I think it's his humility coming through. Although as mm-hmm. I learned again, 
because it's been a while since I've been in this, that, uh, this testament, I learned again that that servant status had honor. Hmm. If you were the servant of a person of honor. Well, yeah. here, Jude, a servant of Jesus Christ, that is the ultimate person. Uh-huh. And so the status of the servant of that one Gotcha. It's got a lot of authority. Gotcha. It's not what I think of servanthood. Yeah. Has no authority. No. In this case, this person would have had all of the authority of the person okay. representing Christ. So yeah. I think there's that mixture, as I tried to say, there's a mixture of humility in this, but also the authority comes through in the first century. Oh, mm-hmm. this is this is uh, Jesus Christ's servant. So therefore, I better listen to what he's saying. Yeah. A lot of authority. Yeah, that's good. That's helpful. Uh, Thank you. Um, All right. So here's the last question. Do you think the people we are to look out for and those who creep in, um, where's that coming through here in verse four, for certain Mm -hmm. people who have crept in unnoticed. Mm -hmm. uh, So do you think the people we're to look out for, those who creep in, are aware that they're actively attacking the true faith? Or do you think they're blind to the fact that they are believing a false faith? Uh, that, that question is posed a lot. I believe it's both, but... Um, both at the same time? I believe it's both. Uh, no, not at the same time. Different I, I believe that if if I were to catalog the scriptures, and I'm trying to do it now in my head, especially in the pastoral epistles, mm-hmm. my my gut and my experience says that, that those scriptures are going to talk more about deception. Yeah, that they're that they're deceiving, they, that they are deceiving and being deceived. Actually, I mm-hmm. think there's a phrase like that, that they're both. So they they are uh, they are being deceived, and uh, I would suggest that they 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 sincerely believe that they are right, and that's what makes it so difficult. Yeah, uh, to handle in church. I don't think that they're. I don't think necessarily they're always aware of the fact that. I'm in here to destroy a flock. Gotcha. So I don't think so. You're saying that in the pastoral epistles, you're seeing there's a deception. Deception. There. Uh, I, you know, I've been pouring into these mm-hmm. pastoral epistles, which I told you. That's right. There's also those who are taking advantage of yep. widows, yep. and so yep. in my mind, th- that would be another. That would be an example of the category where they know what they're doing is deceptive, yep. and they're just preying on yes the weak. Yep. Uh, weak-minded, yeah. weak, those who weak are, uh, you know, weak in society and circumstances, um, and they're preying on them. Um, so there, you've got people who are knowledgeable, conscious yeah. of their decision, yeah. and there's others that are just so blinded. Yeah. You're saying that they actually are believing that they're doing the right thing, but it's not sound doctrine. Yes, and. I'm not sure which text, maybe it was uh, back in John, but one of these mm-hmm. texts recently was, you know, no, it was the end of John 6. The devil mm. was the reference. And then Jesus actually labeled uh, Judas that way. Uh, one of you has, one of you is or has the devil. So it, it, this is, a, you know, this is what I tried to say on Sunday is, uh, you know, guard your own faith, um, but also uh, evaluate the teachings because this is demonic. This is not just harmless. This is demonic. And this is why a letter, a short letter like this was required for the first century and to be spread around all the churches. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And I've often said to the students that I've taught, you need to listen to what I say carefully. Mm -hmm. You just can't take it, you know, mm -hmm. carte blanche and you receive it all. Like you need to be listening That's critically right. and for all of us, we That's need right. that. And it's good. Yeah. We've got a lot of good listeners here, but yeah, we're fortunate. Um, you know, that's uh, the word. The scriptures are our, our measuring stick. So, yeah, and as you, I hope you can see from Jude already, we are pray, mm -hmm. uh, P R E Y. We are pray, and uh, there's a scheme out there. And uh, what I'm seeing amongst evangelicals is certainly one of the reasons why we want to continue to talk like this in church, so that we have a good foundation on what is this faith that we're supposed to fight for. Yeah. Awesome. Good. That's it. We're out of questions. Good. Wrap it up. Nice and quick. Put a bow on it. Thanks for joining us, Randy. Appreciate the time. Thank you all. See you guys next week. See you on Sunday, Wednesday, all those times. Love you. Bye. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember, our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.